The I Am Man podcast is produced by men for men. We are here to support men through their individual journeys to authentic and holistic manhood. We believe men play an essential role in securing the future of generations and deserve to be seen and heard. Our podcast is a safe space where men from all walks of life can come and process through life's challenges to become the best versions of themselves. Pastor B. Pastor B is a man of excellence. Yo, he got so many names. He's called the Hood Pastor. He's called uh, Pops. He's called uh, Pastor Brooks. Uh, a whole bunch of stuff he's called. What are some stuff that they call you these days, Pastor B? Pops, mostly Pops. Uh, or uh, all the guys in the neighborhood call me Pete. Um, <laughs> I, 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 can't even, I can't even remember the last time they called me Pastor. Oh, so, man. yeah. Pee, pee or pops most of the time. Oh man, I remember back in the day when I was in the church and I would call him Pops. We all call him Pops. He'd be like, yo, my name is Pastor. That's what <laughs> <laughs> he'd be like, yo, my name is Pastor. And he That's could, when I was younger, you know, you don't want to be a pop that early on in life. Oh, but now I've accepted my role. How, I'm officially Pops. <laughs> how old are you now? Like what? Fifty? 51. 51. Yo, I heard at 51, life gets sweeter. You can say whatever you want at 51. Yeah, I started a year early, though. <laughs> Yo, so. At 50, I started saying whatever I wanted to say. <laughs> well, no, man. Well, you definitely said whatever you wanted to say to me. But anyway, we are here. To, we're here tonight. Yo, I'm so excited because, you know what? I've traveled the world and I've I've. I've had an opportunity to sit in some of the greatest rooms, and I could say it's honestly because of starting with you. I remember being 17, 18 years old, and you allowing me to interact with some major people that I never would have got the opportunity to meet. And I remember in one conversation, you said, I'm inviting you to these tables and in these rooms to be seen and not heard. Right. Yeah. I remember those conversations saying being seen and not heard. And I'm not didn't realize at that moment that those were the introductions to my next level. Those are right. those would be the places that I would once sit at. And so, man, you're a man of who has literally touched the world. You've done some great things. And so I want to ask, yo, out of all that you've done, because tonight we're here to talk about purpose. We're talking about living um, on purpose, living in purpose, on purpose. And I couldn't think of anybody else better than you. You've done some amazing things out of all of your career um, as a pastor. What do you believe is your greatest achievement to this day? Wow. Uh, I would probably say the greatest achievement is probably sitting on top of a roof for most of the motel for 94 days and raising the money and to purchase it. Uh, for a lot of people who may not know, uh, I sit on top of a roof of a motel that was a drug infested prostitution and we wanted to get rid of it. We wanted to, so we, I protested and raised money. Uh, it took me 94 days to raise the money that we needed to purchase it. And after 94 days in the winter of Chicago, uh, we finally raised enough money to purchase it and tear it down. And so I think 
tearing that down and watching it being torn down and now being in the process of trying to build a $25 million um, community entrepreneurial leadership uh, center, uh, I think is, is, is probably the biggest thing I've, I've done thus far. Wow. Yeah, that was amazing. I remember that I was there. I remember, man, having to go up on the, the, the crane and being lifted up on the yeah. building. I remember that. I also remember you also walking across America, man. What was that like? Because, you know, black people do you know, a lot of stuff, but walking across America, <laughs> yo, that, 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 be, yeah. Yeah, I had a group of people with me, uh, and we did a walk across America. We started off on uh, Good Morning America in New York Times Square. And we finished it up at the Staples Center in Los Angeles. Took us about four and a half months. And uh, it was a long journey, but we met so many people along the way, raised a lot of money along the way, um, met a lot of contacts and uh, even relationships that I still have today. So it was a great, it was a great, that was great. But uh, I still say being on top of the roof of the motel was, was far greater. Wow, that's amazing. So... Walking across America, sit on top of the roof. Some of the other things I know, you've pastored one of the largest churches in Chicago for a number of years. You also are a father. You're a husband. Uh, you're a philanthropist. The, the list goes on. Man, how do you balance it all? How do you do it? You know, for me as a man, I got a hard enough time trying to go to work and pick up the kids and balance my own life. But it seems like you've impacted the world and you're impacting lives every day. How do you do it? Uh, a lot of sacrifice. Anybody, anyone who tells you that they are able to balance it, they are probably telling a lie because it is it is difficult. It's, you know, you never really it's never really. 50, 50 or 25, 25, 25, 25. It's never that. It's, it's, it's always a sacrifice. And um, some of the sacrifices that I made, I've regretted them as I got older and I'm trying to correct them. You know, uh, as you know, when you were in our house, I was always just church, church, go, 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 go. Shoot. Helping people, helping people, <laughs> you know. You know, we've spent long nights doing yeah. stuff at the church and helping people at the church and trying to fix the church up. And so, uh, regrettably, I, I, I sacrificed my kids a lot. Now, looking back, I wish that was a sacrifice that I didn't make. And now that I'm older, I'm making up, I'm trying to make up for lost time. And so I spend a lot of time with my kids. I spend a lot of time talking with them, sharing with them, spending time with them. Um, but it's very difficult, you know. But I will say that, um, if you can't, if a person can't, they got to try to manage it as best they can. And they got to listen to other people telling them uh, when they're going too far. Um, that was probably another thing that I probably did not do. You know, so many people so many times would tell me, hey, okay, you need to ease up. You need to do this. You need to go on some vacations. And I just kept going hard, hard, hard. That's all I knew. Uh, but I would say, you know, try to balance it as much as possible and try to have some people that you that you really will listen to and pay attention to and listen to what they're saying and, and try to live your life accordingly. 
Yo, so you're saying this at that at your point of age. You, you know, you said you're in 50. So I've been reading this book and we know the book talked about that there's different stages to manhood, right? You have you have from from an adolescent on to being the wise man. And it sounds like at your age you're you're you know, you're leaning towards the wise man, um going back and correcting and kind of being a father figure to and reaching back. Uh but what do you say to us who's still out here hustling, who's still out here trying to make it happen, who's out here trying to build the dream? I would say hustle. Go as hard as you can. Don't stop. Um, you know, be be fully in tune with God. Number one, be fully in tune with God. Number two, uh, spend time with your family. Number three, um, Give as much as you can uh, to get your calling accomplished and and give it all you got. And I think when you have that in order, God, family, and then ministry, I think things will work out a lot better. But one of the things that I see with a lot of the younger uh, preachers, ministers, and and, and young young leaders specifically is that um, they, they want it all right now. And, 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 and a lot of times they feel like um, it's old to them and that they don't have to work for it. But that's not true. You got to work really hard and you got to be uh, aggressive. You got to be attentive and you got to be in tune with God. So that, 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 that'll get you further ahead in life. Man, I, I, I hear you on that. Uh, you know, we live in a world where... <sighs> There's so much, there's so much, not only temptation, but there's so much that we're trying to go after. I remember, uh, I remember actually being around you um, when I was 17, 18 years old. And I remember seeing you, yo, and he wasn't lying. Yo, We would be literally, our day would start at 6 a.m., 7 a.m. in the morning. Uh, by 7 a.m., he was getting to Starbucks. People at Starbucks knew him uh, by heart. But at 6 a.m., 7 a.m., and we would be out at the church at 7 until like sometimes 12, 1, 2 o'clock in the morning. And I remember being, somebody said at one event we were doing, it, they said, this is the church that never sleeps. Yeah, and I remember getting that reputation. I'm like, yo, that was right, and I didn't know. I still don't know how you would do it. I remember being at the church Monday through Sunday, Monday through Saturday, all day, and then turning around doing three services on Sunday, uh, two or three services on Sunday, and then hitting it right back again on Monday morning. Yeah, crazy. And so now you're at this place in your life. And you're the you're at the place of being the wise man. Um, how do you define manhood? I define manhood as living according to God's purpose for your life. Um, and when you live according to the purpose that God has for your life, then you can walk in the manhood that God has given you. Uh, I think a lot of times uh, we confuse manhood with just being a man, and it's totally different. You can be a man oh, you and gotta not be that down. purpose. You got to break yeah. that down. You got to break that down yeah, you for can, me. You can, you, you, you're a man. You can be a man just by growing biologically and come, becoming an adult. That's a man. But walking in your manhood is, is determined by you walking in your, your purpose, walking in your destiny, walking in your God-given authority, walking in your calling, and fulfilling everything that God has for you. I think that's when true manhood 
uh, begins to exist and begins to live inside a person. And so I think it's not something that you just automatically become. I think it's something that you have to walk into. Now, what would you say to a man or a young guy who is biologically a man, male, but they've never seen what a real man looks like? Yeah, that's why mentorship is so important. Um, you know, you, you mentioned earlier on about um, being 17 and 18 when you moved from Georgia. Uh, you know, somebody told us there's a kid coming from Georgia. He needs a place to stay. And I thought it would be good. I have four kids and two two around your same age. And they was so, mean. <laughs> <laughs> they, they used to haze you. But, oh, I, I thought, I, I, but you coming was about mentorship. And so the fact that you were a, a, a preacher, a minister, a leader, I got to spend time with you and, and pour into your life and share with you and give you what was given to me. Um, because... I never, I never had a father in the household showing me just how you. This is these are the things you do, but I had a good pastor. My pastor W. J. Jackson in Muncie, Indiana, was wonderful, and so a lot of the things that I shared with you were things that I had gotten from him. So I tell people, you don't have to um, uh, have been born or, or have been raised in the house with a father, although there are some great assets, but having a mentor, a good mentor in your life who practices true manhood and who is a godly man, uh, that that's that's worth everything. That's worth gold. And so I, I encourage brothers to get some mentors into your life uh, who are godly, who are, who are good, good brothers, who are walking in their manhood and walking in their purpose and, and let them pour into your life and, 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 and be vulnerable enough to share with them what's going on with them, with your life. That's one of the reasons why I do appreciate you. Uh, one of the things that I tell people, you know, they ask me, you know, somebody asked me about Robert. I like, one of the things you can say about Robert, Robert will talk to me. He'll open up. He'll, if when something's bothering you, you know, if it's the kids, if it's the wife, if it's the job, at least you'll call. And, and I think that helps brothers when they have someone that they can call and talk to and be open and, and be vulnerable with. I, re- I really believe that helps. Yeah. So let me speak on that a little bit. I've noticed in my journey to becoming a man that one of my greatest assets has been leaning on you. And when I do get there's moments in this journey as a husband, as a father, this is all new to me and many others who may be listening. So this it's it's territory that I've never that we've never really treaded upon before and so to lean to be able to call or to lean on a mentor a father figure um to say yo it's gonna be all right that is sometimes it's not even just what you say it's the fact that you're listening it's the fact that you're listening because there's it's it's almost like a pressure buildup and it's almost like yo if i don't get this off my chest i'm going to pop yeah. And so I, I want to ask you, have you ever popped in your life? Have I ever popped? Yeah. Have you ever just lost it? All, a lot of times. <laughs> <laughs> I think you know that. Uh, <laughs> I, I've lost it a few times, you know, depending on the situation, circumstances, the situation, circumstances, why I've lost it and lost, you know, I don't, I'm not proud of it. I don't like it. It's not something that I want to do. But, um, yeah, there's been times in my life where I just, I had to come back and say, you know, I'm sorry. I shouldn't have done that. And I've gone off and yeah, 
that's what I'm not proud of. So what would you say to a man that's listening right now that may be dealing with so much stress and anxiety and it manifests in his life in negative ways? What would you say to him? Oh, wow. A lot of, you know, a lot of guys have baggage from their childhood. And if they don't deal with that baggage, it's going to manifest itself in all kinds of areas. And when individuals start to manifest behavioral issues in their lives and it starts impacting them, those are things that they have to be courageous enough to address. One of the problems is a lot of brothers are not courageous enough to address the problems that they have in their life because they don't want to be vulnerable. They don't want people to know the truth. And we always, most people operate under this uh, idea of they're fearful of being found out. And so mm. because they're fearful of being found out, you know, what are people going to think about me if they really find out who I am? If they really find out I've got this issue, if they really find out that right there, it takes courage to confront that. But if you can get the courage to confront it and say, you know what, I'm not going to, I'm not going to continue down this road because of my fear of what people are going to think about me. I'm going to address these issues because these issues are going to make me a better person. And so that's what I encourage people to do. Be courageous, confront the issues uh, in your life, address the issues in your life, and then get on, get, get the proper people around you yeah. to help you with the issues and, and go forward, go after it. Well, how do you overcome fear? How come, how do you, oh, because so many men, maybe the fear is that if they do do that, they're going to lose it all. So what do you, what do you say to the guy who is struggling with fear and wants to do that? But it's like, yo, yeah. Yeah. You know, someone told me that, that fear is false evidence that appears real. And I call it, I call it, um, that, that I, I say that people have to understand that, that, Oftentimes, what fear will do is try to make you think something is going to happen. But in reality, it's never going to happen. Mm, yeah. And but, but that fear wants you to think, that, you know, like if they find out they're, gonna, they're not going to like me, they're going to love you. If people love you, they're going to love you regardless. And a lot of times they'll love you through your stuff and help you become. So you got to address the fear. And the, and the only way I know how to address fear is to be courageous. And that doesn't mean that you're not afraid or you're not fearful. That just means I'm going to have, and I tell people, enough kahunas, enough heart, enough enough in me to say, you know what, I'm going to address this. So you, the only way to address fear is to combat it head on. That's, that's it. Otherwise, fear will win out every single time. Wow, that's crazy. Yo, you got to shut out. I was thinking about this, and this is funny that we started talking about fear because right now with you know the COVID nineteen, the coronavirus that's going around. Yo, I was I was in my car, yeah, and I was you know I I was actually just you know listening to some music, and this old Hezekiah Walker song came on, and the song said, "Yo, power belongs to God." power belongs yeah. to God and yo I'm, I'm not a real big choir guy I don't really listen to it but the song came on and and you know what tears started streaming down my face because I realized yo 
sometimes fear can be subtle. It can be, it can, yeah. it could mask itself and maybe you don't cry. Maybe, you know, you're not emotional, but it underlies underneath it, like kind of like layers. And you have to be reminded that man, God is in control. And I think when you realize, I think so many men, we struggle with wanting to be in control and wanting to be uh, uh, the big G.O.D. of our own lives. And when we release that, yo, it is crazy when we release the right to want to be God in our lives and allow God to be God. Man, he can be God so much better than we can. Yeah. Yeah. And it takes practice, you know. You got to keep, it's not something that you overcome and then you finally, you never have to overcome it again. I think fear hits all of us at different times. But once you practice trusting God, practice reminding yourself God is in control and constantly repeating that, eventually when that fear comes up, you'll be a lot quicker to get rid of it. You'll be a lot victor- a lot more victorious in the midst of it because you've had a history and a practice of turning things over to God and trusting God through every situation. And that's what people have to do. Be courageous, trust God, confront it, and, and just turn it over to the Lord because at the end of the day, He is the only one mm. uh, that can control everything in our lives. No, I heard a little preacher. I heard the preach in your voice a little bit. Yeah, that, I started. I that, started you know, a little bit. That inflection. <laughs> I got you. But that inflection started coming up a little bit. And so uh, as you've had as I've watched your career over the years, one of the things that I um, have admired about you is that I remember, I believe and I may be wrong when I saw your career or your not even just your career, but I felt your purpose kick in. And I remember it was the day for us where we were doing a funeral at the church. And I remember uh, you told me to go in and start the service. And there was this opposing, I think it was, a. I think you can correct me. I think it was a gang funeral. Right. Right. And I remember um, you flying down the steps because this opposite gang was about to try to, was trying to come in the church and cause havoc. And I remember the whole church panicking, run people running everywhere. It was something like out of a movie. And I remember you going outside and being like, yo, nah, it's not happening here. Right. <laughs> I, I remember that. So crazy. I remember that. And yeah. I saw I, for me, I saw you switch and that's when I started seeing Project Hood and started seeing all these other things. Now, you could tell me if that wasn't the moment or not, uh, but you've gone from being a pastor to being an activist, but now being a father to an entire community. Yeah. That's what it is. I started to, it wasn't, uh, I don't know if it was just one incident, but I believe it was several incidents like that that caused me to see the need for someone to be a father. And I saw so many guys, and I come into contact with so many guys who are in their 20s, 30s, late teens, early teens, and all of them have one thing in common. They want to be fathers. Yeah. And, and once I was able to identify that God put me in that neighborhood to father those guys, and I was able to accept that mantle because 
and I was able to, to distinguish the different type of fathers that I had been thinking about that I did not want to be because I, you know, I, you know, and I know you come across all these, a lot of pastors and they want, they call them, they want to be your father in the ministry. They want to be your father. Yeah. And you look at them, you're like, man, this is crazy. <laughs> so I had that, that bad thought of fathers in my head. But once I locked into what type of father God was wanting me to be a mentor, a friend, a brother, all of those things. And I saw that the community was in need of it. That's, I said, okay, this is where, this is why God has me in this neighborhood. This is why God has me right here on one of the toughest blocks in the city of Chicago, um, because this is what he's called me to do. And when I, re- when I realized that, that's when I started being able to walk into the destiny and the purpose uh, that God had called me to. And that's what I'm doing to this day. So I love church. Love being around church, but I also love being around the guys, and I I love mentoring them. I love helping them. I love, you know, telling guys, man, you got to be in your father, your your kid's life. You can't not pay child support and not be around them just because you don't like the baby's mama and all that. I love doing that type of stuff and having them catch it. I love being around guys, you know, who just street. That's all they know, and then helping them find their way. That's that's a blessing to me. Yo, so. That's it's powerful. And I've actually been around you and I've seen and it's not even younger guys. You got some people around you who are older, who have never had fathers. And you'll be amazed. I'll be the way you'll talk to them would be like how a father talks to a son in respect. And they listen. Yeah, they listen. So, man, what do you say to um, a, a guy who maybe in a job or who's doing something, but they don't really feel like it's their purpose. They don't really feel like, you know, how do, how does one find their purpose and how can they identify this is it? How do they know? One is the thing that you would do if money was not even involved. And if money was not even involved, it's the thing that you would love to do, period. Now it's good if you can get paid for it, take care of your family. But that thing that you would say, you know what? I would love to do this, even if I couldn't make any money. If money, if money wasn't an object, this is what I would love to do. And I think that's one of the ways. And then two, uh, people start to see it in you. You know how you just said, how I, I did that at the funeral and you saw that, that switch. I think when people start to see it in you, you know, your gifts pointed towards certain things, then that helps you identify your purpose as well. And then also, you know, just the natural calling that God impresses upon your heart and in your spirit. Uh, my friend, one of my sons, Pastor Bozeman in Atlanta, we call it the nudge of the Holy Spirit. That, that little nudge, that little prompting, that little thing that God keeps putting on your heart and on your mind and on your spirit, they won't let you go. That's how you identify, you know, this, this, this is my purpose. This is what God has called me to do. And then lastly, it's that thing that gives you joy. You know, it, it gives you joy. You, 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 you love doing it. It's not a, a burden to do it. It's hard, but you love doing it, you know. And, and Yeah. 
the I Am Man podcast is produced by men for men. We are here to support men through their individual journeys to authentic and holistic manhood. We believe men play an essential role in securing the future of generations and deserve to be seen and heard. Our podcast is a safe space where men from all walks of life can come and process through life's challenges to become the best versions of themselves.